Welcome to the Viking Spotlight. This is a podcast about people, events, and projects in the North Canton City School District. I'm your host, Jeff Wendorf, and today we're thrilled to be talking to Mr. Phil Ogilvy, who teaches culinary arts, a career tech program at the high school, and also advises our esports team at Hoover High School. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, before we get into those two programs, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, teaching, and, and so on at, at, um, at Hoover High School. Um, basically at Hoover, this is my 15th year uh, teaching the culinary arts program. I started late. I started in my mid-30s. I spent the better part of uh, two decades bouncing around in restaurants all over the state. I've worked every job from the bottom to the top. Um, started off in you know dishes and busing and yep. has gone as far as to running multiple restaurants for companies and also doing research and creating new menu items for companies. So a lot of time in restaurants. Yeah, um, very cool. Which yeah. has really helped me with the different experiences and the, the educational aspect of it. Sure. Our kids have a, a wealth of knowledge from you to, to understand that. And I assume a lot of them are probably have a part-time job or something that, that uh, in this in the industry, I'm sure. Most of my students are actually right now are employed in restaurants, which yeah. is, in this economy especially, is nice because they're seeing their wages and the demand for workers spike um, in the industry. So it's been a good chance for them to get up ahead a little bit. Yeah, great, great. Well, we, we had um, Mr. White on previously uh, a couple times, actually, about career tech mm-hmm. and so on. And tell us a little bit about the culinary arts program and to, how the two years work and, and uh, all about your program. Primarily, it's a two-year program, uh, juniors and seniors. We do have the option to start as a sophomore, just as like a one-class tester program. Um, but the junior year is is basically the, the cram session. Um, the kids get a ton of knowledge junior year, anything from the basics of cooking to the basics of restaurant to safety and sanitation, which we stress tremendously sure. because we do operate many food um, venues. So we are licensed by the health department. You know, they have to come in and do their inspections just like with the cafeteria and with a regular restaurant. So my kids have to be on right. with the safety and sanitation. Um, they learn how to create their own recipes, balance flavors, price out recipes, create menus, all that in junior year. And in their senior year, they actually operate their own business out of the culinary program. Wow. Uh, a couple of kids will be in charge of the restaurant. A couple will be in charge of the food truck. A couple will be in charge of catering events. Um, we have two catering events coming up next month for one's for 110 and one's for 240. Wow. I full have two lunch students, or dinner type of thing. Full lunch. One's a, um, a lunch drop off and the other one is a catering a Christmas party for 200 and some for Diebold. Wow. Um, and my kids plan that, they execute that, they do all that themselves. They priced it, they did customer contacts, they'll do their own financials. That's just, you know, trying sure. to get them a, a foot into what operating a business actually looks like. Right, right. No pressure there to no. have it, right? When you, <laughs> None whatsoever. When you, when you have actual customers and, right, yeah. Yeah, my yeah. kids, they can't, uh, we can't make mistakes too often. Right. You know, it's, yeah. that's the nature of the job, so sure. they get used to it early. Very cool. And I know you do various things. I see emails uh, to the high school staff or to staff once in a while. Hey, pizza day or hey, mm-hmm. you know, come try this. And yeah, some very cool stuff that our kids are doing. <laughs> Thank well, you. That's neat. Well, so you mentioned uh, the kids doing some actual things. We have a TriStar Cafe. What is that? How does it operate? So the TriStar Cafe is our actual um, restaurant, which is open to the public. Um, and right now we're open to the public and open to staff and seniors Usually about once a month, depending on the schedule. December's a hard month. Sure. But usually the rest of the months will be open at least one or two days a month so that people have a chance to come in and just sit down and have lunch during our regular lunch periods. Um, and that's 
it's also the the starting point for all the rest of our businesses. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the food truck is the traveling TriStar. Right. Right. Um, you know, we take that around wherever we can, you know, find business, you know, to do that. And then the kids all spin off of the, the TriStar base. Right. That's very cool. So where do they see information about the, the TriStar and its hours and thing? Just keep an eye on the website or. Um, it goes out on all of our, all of our social media. And usually the, the Viking views in the district is, is helpful enough right. to, uh, pass the word along also. Um, usually the first couple events of the year, we don't put out a lot of information just because we don't want the students to get flooded <laughs> the first right. time. We kind of want to manage the uh, the chaos for a little bit if we can. Right. So, But they'll see more, especially second semester. We'll be putting more out all over the place wherever we can get the word out. Yeah, very cool. And, you know, it's a, it's a hands-on, obviously, it's a hand-on, hands-on program, mm-hmm. and the kids are not sitting down a lot. No. They're, they're busy, they're at it, and uh, it's fun to walk by and watch them and smell what's going on. It's always fun. But uh, you've received the um, um, the endowment, the Education Endowment Grants before, and tell us about some unique things that you've uh, been able to do in the last few years. Well, we've always been a, a proponent of taking the kids' interests anywhere in the culinary or anywhere in the food production business and letting them explore that. Um, a, a couple years ago, we did get the, the Big Idea Grant, and that was to do hydroponic and aquaponic gardening inside of our kitchen. Mm-hmm. So some of our students, we grow our own microgreens from seed. We grow, like right now, we have, I think, basil, tomato, and cucumber all growing inside the kitchen. Very cool. That we've grown from seed, that the basil's ready now, the tomato and cucumber are ready in a month or so, that we can actually use our own produce inside the program for our own events. Oh, neat. That microgreens is a big business now, isn't it? It is. It is very nutritious, very healthy, very easy to grow, and a lot of return on investment. You know, so mm-hmm. the kids, it, and it's a different, a different aspect, but it does pique a lot of interest with a lot of students, not only mine, but students just walk in the hall. We have them growing in a big window in the hallway. Right. So anytime the kids see it, they stop and take a look and try to figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's neat. Very cool. Well, you mentioned the uh, the food truck and the tri- traveling TriStar. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us a little bit more about that and some places you've been or what kind of offerings you've had. And I, I know you've had a few different menus out of the traveling TriStar, but you know what's your what's your focus with that? So the, the traveling TriStar has been... It's really set up to go anywhere. Uh, right now, as, as of right now, we have five menus, and they're, they're anywhere from carnival food to soups for the winter, and then we have a couple lunch menus. Um, we've done anything from staff events here at the mm-hmm. high school. We've done um, district or statewide conferences over at Glen Oak when they had it. Right. We've done winter festivals in uh, North Canton. You know, and we've also we've been as far up as uh, WKYC Studios up in Cleveland. We took the truck right. up there one year and did a full luncheon out in their parking lot. So that's yeah. a really good experience for the kids to get just on a grassroots, you know, startup level. It's something that they can foresee themselves doing next year, the year after, sure. as opposed to spending three or four years in school and then four or five years working for somebody else and then trying to f- find financing for a brick and mortar restaurant. You know, that's something they think that's attainable right. soon. And it gives them a little more encouragement, you know, to be able to go out there and do things on their own. Sure. A panel truck is a lot lower investment level or entry level than a restaurant. <laughs> and it's, you, you can yeah. start, it's amazing. You can start a, um, even one of those small tow behinds, like with a pizza oven on it, you can right. start those for about 40. Wow. And yeah. licensure, and then you're out the door, you're started. You're getting work yeah. and you're getting clients. So it, it's definitely cool. something that's in reach for the students shortly after they 
get themselves established. Right. You know, it doesn't take a lot of future planning. Yep. And they're able to find a specific sector that they're or product that they're interested in. I know there's tons of coffee trucks around and there's one right. that local realtor likes to bring by for staff in the district once in a while. And it's, he's strictly coffee yep. and uh, yeah, or other things, ice cream and, and all of those kind of things. Very they're cool. great little niches. I, we've seen them at wedding receptions. We've seen them in businesses. We've seen them just yeah. set up in parking lots or in Hartville. I believe there's a whole, um, area where food trucks just come all summer and set up. Right. And that's a, it's a permanent fixture. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a really versatile section and it's really good for the kids to learn. Yeah. I was actually at a wedding uh, last summer and, uh, instead of a sit down meal, they had food trucks. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So you had mm-hmm. four different, you know, one was pulled pork, one was hot dogs, believe it or not, at a <laughs> wedding. And, you know, one was uh, chicken. And so they yeah. had a pretty neat selection of food trucks that um, that provided a meal for the wedding, the reception. So it was kind of fun, yeah. kind of fun. Well, neat. Well, um, you know, so what about your kids that have graduated? What kind of career paths have they leaned towards? And for the most part, anything super unique? What about your kids that graduated? You know, I have a couple that have... Um, you know, I have, I have a good chunk that have gone on to culinary school and a good chunk that have gone on to work in restaurants. I do have a, a few standouts. You know, one girl that I had a few years back, she actually went on to um, food science. Uh. She went to, I think it was Iowa or Indiana, one of the eyes. Uh, she creates her own food products for companies now really? is what she does. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've had two or three students who have gone away and after a couple years of culinary school have opened their own restaurants. Uh, one has a pizza menu right up, or pizza a restaurant right up on Talmadge Avenue in Akron, and a oh. couple others are out of state but are opening their own businesses. Sure. Um, I have one young lady who was a phenomenal baker who went on to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh and won multiple competitions there, including one international competition, and wow. then is now, um, she does pastry and bakery for multiple high-end restaurants in the Pittsburgh area out of her little kitchen. No kidding. Just produces them and ships them out, so... Yeah. I've had a lot of really good kids, a lot of standout students that have come out of the program. Yeah. Um, quite proud of them. Very cool. And just like any other career tech program, maybe some kids get a taste, no pun intended, <laughs> a taste for their career and so on and decide, yeah, that's not for me, which yes. is okay too. But uh, what an opportunity before they have to make a huge investment and mm-hmm. uh, so on. So, well, your your um, leadership and your coaching in that area has been been very cool. Thank you. Um, anything else you want to share about uh, the culinary arts program? Um, you know, it's like you said, it's it's uh, on the go program. It's yeah. always changing. It's ever it's ever being flexible. And just like the industry itself, you know, it's never the same thing twice. Yeah. Um, the kids I have this year have been put through their paces after the last couple of years of all the restrictions and lockdowns and everything right. like that. Trying to get back up and running for the first year this year has been an incredible challenge. Right. But the kids that I have have been doing a great job with it. And I'm you know really happy with them. Yeah. Very cool. Two thoughts that I had is you started the food truck long before COVID started. And I think that is what forced some local restaurants into the food truck business is COVID. And Mm -hmm. uh, we were ahead of that curve a little bit and had some experience with that. So that that was a great thing. And then uh, our, um, our kids and and the things that you do in your program are very unique. And we we appreciate that so much. And uh, that's been fun. So another neat thing that you do is um, you're also our esports coach. Correct. Myself uh, and uh, Jessica Ledford. Yeah, right, right. So tell us a little bit about esports. This is kind of a new thing in the last three or four years in in high schools and in colleges. So tell us about our program. So right now we have, um, we play after school Monday through Thursday. We have seven 
seven games that are available for the kids. The kids come in and they play competitive video games, anything from shooting games to fighting games to chess. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a chess team. And they meet once a week. They play once a week. They play different schools all around the state. I believe at last count, uh, the company that we play with has 180 schools involved. Wow. Um, it's a massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. uh, we just finished playoffs for this semester uh, last week. Unfortunately, we did not do amazingly well. We <laughs> the first round of the playoffs, we bowed out. But that is in a um, uh, that's because of the competition that sure. we have. Uh, sure. A lot of the schools, with the graduation and with the moving of players, you know, one year will be great, and one year will be at the bottom, and sure. you know, the next year will be in the middle. Um, this is our third season of esports. Mm -hmm. We play two seasons a year so that students that are involved in sports or band or things like that don't miss it. Um, in our first season, we actually had a team finish second in the state in a game wow. called Valorant. Okay. Um, all last year, all of our teams were playoff bound. Every team that we had made playoffs at least for the first round. And this year we had a little bit of a reset where we had some younger kids come in and some kids graduate. So we had a couple teams that made playoffs, but again, you know, first round bow out and it was a, uh, it was a learning experience. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that, when you get that level of competition, you're going to have ups and downs and so yes. on. Now, a high school program, basically nine through 12 on the high school esports team, but you also have some opportunity for middle school, I understand. Correct. What it, there's a, um, there's the opportunity to create a middle school program, um, which would play, a little bit different games than the high school does. Uh, the company that we work for always makes sure the games are more age appropriate. Sure. So the middle school games are more along the lines of, uh, you know, Mario Kart and things like that that aren't as combative, whereas the high school games are the ones that are more attuned to what the colleges play. Um, in lieu of that, we also have the opportunity. I was just discussing this with the ESO Esports Ohio today. Um, students who are 13 and in seventh grade can actually play on the high school team. So if we don't have enough interest to start a middle school team, we can bring a couple bring kids up, up here sure. and they can actually join the high schoolers and start playing competitively in seventh grade. Wow. Neat. Neat. So I think, yeah, about how many kids involved in our high school program? Give or take. We've had between uh, this semester, I think was a little bit low. We had about 65, um, a couple semesters ago, we were in the low eighties or mid eighties. Wow. That's, um, that's our track team. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we can, that's we can a lot field, of kids. we can field two or three teams per game Yeah, and most teams are five or six people. Okay. So, you know, each game is going to be 10 students at least plus right. alternates. And so you right. get a, a lot of kids involved really. It's great really that rapidly. they all can participate. So you have teams mm -hmm. five to 10 participate or about five on Correct. a team. Yeah. And most games are five or six and that's okay. a JV and a varsity level. And then you can also have a club team just for kind of like a practice sure. or for fun. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it, can they compete as individuals as well? Most of the games are team-based. Okay. And honestly, the games that are set up for individual play, like uh, Super Smash Brothers or chess, for example, you do field a five-person team. And while you're playing individually, it's the best three out of five takes okay. the day. Right. Yeah. Um, a little bit do, like golf, right. basically. Yeah. yeah. We do play all five scores, matches every week. Scoring. Yeah. We play all five matches every day just so that everyone gets to play. Mm -hmm. And there's always that option for, you know, someone doesn't get shut out right. on a weekly basis. But um yeah, even the even the games that are individually based are set up on a team level. Okay, so I, I didn't catch it. So seasons, you have a fall season, yes, and then a spring season or a winter spring. When, uh, spring, we usually start about um, fall season. Usually runs from September through end of November, and then the spring season starts the end of January and runs through early May. 
Okay. And then we have regionals and state competitions, which will also be in May, trying to get those, you know, crammed right. in before graduation and before all the seniors leave. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that gets to be a hectic time in there. Yeah. So anywhere 60 to 80 or plus kids. Um, how many, just curious, how many of those kids do, would you guess either don't play a, a athletics or um, are involved in the band or music programs or vocal music? We have such a cross section of the school mm-hmm. um you know I, I can i can say that you know last year we had in one game in one room on a wednesday night we had athletes we had drama club kids we had uh nhs students we had kids that didn't participate in anything sure we had you know um gsa members it was all playing together all communicating together in one room and it's we just get such a huge cross section yeah. you know band kids are always sprinting down to our room after band re- rehearsals <laughs> over trying right. to get there in time to play for the day. Right. So I can't name one section of the, uh, the school that we don't have students yeah. who participate from. Right. That's awesome. That's why the reason I ask is, is one, it gives an opportunity for kids that aren't typically in music or fine arts, nor in athletics, an opportunity to, to be involved in a program and, and uh, compete for the school and themselves. So yeah, neat. it's yeah. one more place around the school where kids can find a belonging or a home that right. wouldn't normally have one. Right. There's so. a high correlation to co-curricular, extracurriculars, and, and academic achievement. Mm-hmm. So this gives another opportunity for that. Neat, neat, neat stuff. So as far as competitions, uh, do we go somewhere? Do we travel? Or is it strictly an online competition? How does that, how does, if we play a, another school, how does that work? So our weekly competitions are all online. Mm-hmm. We meet in the same room every, every day, Monday through Thursday, and different teams rotate, and they play online another team from across the state. It could be Shaker. It could be Louisville. You know, it could be Bedford. It could be Alliance. You know, we have teams right next to us or teams up in Cleveland. Sure. Could Um, be five miles, could be 105. And then usually for the regional competitions or the playoffs, we do do those in person. Okay. Uh, Last year, the fall playoffs were in Cleveland up at the Cavaliers eSports arena. Neat. And the spring playoffs were at Mount Union College. Right. Um, and then the state competitions last year were at the University of Akron. They have a beautiful facility. Um, and everybody who qualified for states came up to Akron and played there. Okay. I'm not sure exactly where the spring regionals or, or states will be yeah. yet. They haven't announced it, but I, those will be in-person playoffs again. So that'll yeah. be nice. Very cool. So you mentioned Mount Union, you mentioned Akron, and mm-hmm. I know that that was our next question is, is tell us about college level. I know we've had some kids in the past with some scholarship opportunities for eSports and uh, some other opportunities. I believe we have three kids right now from last year who are playing on scholarship at a university. Wow. Um, a lot of the universities use eSports. It's a great recruitment and marketing tool. Um, using the University of Akron as an example, they have – 50 students, I believe, on their competitive roster. In their esports club, they have 2,500. Wow. All of those kids, most of those kids, I, well, I'll venture, saw them play online, and that's why they went there. Now, Akron News, it, it's a not a normal ex- example. I mean, they have been in one of the games, Rocket League, they were state champions, you know, three years, I think, consecutively. Wow. So a lot of people saw them. A lot of people got that, you know, view of them playing, and that's why they have such a large draw. But a lot of times they treat their esports kids like athletes. You know, they get scholarships. They have um, their own study areas, their own dorms. They have scheduling. You know, ahead of the rest of the students, like an honor student would have or an athlete would have. And wow, you know, it's really becoming more of a mainstream 
example to treat your esports students like they're athletes because it's a huge draw and you don't have to travel you know like the football right. team has to play at we home one week and then in northwestern one week right yeah you know these kids play from home every week yeah. and anybody across the world can see it right that's very cool so initially and in, in thinking of travel and all that is i mean the, the club or the district or the university makes an investment in some hardware mm -hmm. up front and but other than that it's it's um you know team stuff and um uh, that's that's very cool as far as a return on investment for getting top-notch kids to to their university. Very cool. Oh yeah, no, it's it was been great. Um, you know, during the regional competition last year, actually, a couple of the recruiters were there watching, and it's fun to watch the kids' faces when somebody walks up and hands them a business card and mm -hmm. goes, "Hey, I'm from this school. I think we can help you with your tuition if you want to come play for us." And just to see the smile on the kids' face wow. when they get that contact yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that's very neat. And, and such a, I got to say, such a different world. And I used to, you know, when my, my son's 30, but when we used to play and, you know, all that online, I dabbled and played online and, and not online, actually on my controller, mm -hmm. it wasn't online, right? but uh, in front of my TV and, and, but that was gosh, a hundred years ago, but um, it's such a different world that um, a huge section of our, our community society doesn't um, participate in. Yeah. Nor, nor do you see it, basically. You don't see it on TV. You don't see, you know, you see musicals, you see athletics on TV and, and in the in the media and stuff. But this is a, uh, a world that uh, our younger folks know, not so much um, uh, the older folks. Right. <laughs> it's a generational piece. But from what I understand, I, I would, I don't know if you know this, what, what percent of our kids' parents uh, play, uh, either with them or, or you know, so on? Um, I don't, I don't have specifics on that. I've heard a couple of the students who, you know, they play with their parents once yeah. in a while. I know I'm guilty. My son and I play together all awesome. the time. That's great. I've had a couple of parents who have asked to float in and watch the kids play mm -hmm. after school, you know, and they always come in and, you know, just kind of sit there and they're in awe about how the thing actually works. Right. Um, you know, they're used to seeing their kids play at home. And then when they come in and see it actually as an organized structure with the teamwork and the communication, and everything like that, they're always in shock. Yeah. Um, but no, I've, I've heard from a lot of kids that they play. And their parents play, so that gives them more of an understanding. You sure. know, the parents are always the the um, the wild card. They right. either love the fact that their kids are involved, or they're leery about you know they're playing video games. Is that okay? Is it taken away from their schoolwork? Right. But I've found actually, I've done, looked at the statistics and I've talked to our kids, and I've actually found that the kids who play competitively at school actually spend less time playing frivolously at home. Right. So it sounds weird to say that joining the esports team causes them to play less, <laughs> right. but it yeah. does. And then, of course, with our academic standards, where the kids have to remain eligible, just like athletics, sure, um, you know, they have to stay focused on their on their schoolwork. Yeah. So they can't really slack off in that area either. So right. we're winning the parents over little by little. Yeah, neat. But, so how would how would the general public or a parent or or somebody in in you know North Canton find out more about esports at Hoover is there a website is there a, a standing site do you have a team site right now we're working on um, streaming sites uh, oh. we do have a, a twitch channel that we will be able to stream on starting next semester okay. uh, we just have a couple hardware issues that sure. we have to overcome okay um, for the spring semester we're actually going to have our, our student meeting on the 12th of December um, this year and then we'll actually set up a parent meeting or an informational meeting. We'll put the information out on the Schoology page, and I assume you know, the district is, if they'll be nice enough to help us out, we'll get it mm -hmm. out there. Where, so if anybody who wants to can jump in and ask questions, okay. we'll do a Google Meet, and you know, parents can feel free or anybody from the, 
uh, community can feel free just to jump sure. on and see what we do and, and ask whatever questions they yeah, have. Cool. So do you foresee a, um, a public or, a, you know, a, a superintendent login or, or to watch an online competition? You know what I mean? Is that something that's out there? Or? I would love to see. My goal for this semester is to actually have the games, if not up and running live, at least up and running later on in the day so that parents could see how everything went. Sure. Um, You know, as far as the um, playoffs and the regionals and everything like that, those are already streamed by the host stadium wherever we go, and we usually try to get the word out pretty good to the parents for those so they can watch, Um, which is one of the really nice things. I mean, you don't have to travel with a team even when we go somewhere to see what they're doing. You you can watch it with a 30-second delay. You can see exactly what's going on. Right, what it happens. Fascinating. Huh. So it, it makes it nice. You know, I get a lot of parents. The first time we made regionals, a lot of parents were on the phone calling or texting or emailing or whatever, you know, and it was really nice to get that instantaneous, you know, feedback sure. with them so that they knew exactly what their kid was doing. So, right. That's very cool. Very cool. Well, that's interesting and, and, and fascinating that, that our kids are involved in that and so on. And uh, look forward to either coming up and watching in person or, or being able to watch some pieces online. Is there, um, uh, team standings and league standings and all that on eSports Ohio? We, uh, for the team standings, we use a um, website called UGC, okay. which requires a, a login. But as soon as we get everything up and running on the streaming channel and things like that, then we'll have more information readily available to the public and to the parents okay. so that they can keep track of Very it. Very cool. Yep. I didn't know if eSports Ohio tracked team uh, standings or records or any of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, we so. do that. We just have it through a, um, there's a system that we use to throw our games together. They build schedules and they okay. build playoffs and things like that Very for cool. us. So good. Are th- and I'm asking crazy questions. They just pop in my You're mind. Fine. Are there referees? No, no. Okay. The kids are well aware of the rules. The kids are, you know, basically monitor themselves. The coaches are expected to be in the room with mm-hmm. them, making sure everything goes well. And then we have a separate, committee for each game that if there's any rule violations we investigate it and go through and make any negative or i'm sorry any necessary not negative any necessary adjustments or any necessary you know consequences from things that happen sure very cool fascinating it's it's great that we have so many kids involved and that you're helping lead that with your other coaches and uh, just a great thing for our kids to be involved in and have an opportunity for scholarship and and those things so well we'll keep an eye out for some communications anything else you want to add about esports you know just the fact that for me personally you know seeing the kids that have shown up for it you always have a picture of what you think your your gamer kid's going to be in your head yeah and then watching 60 to 80 kids show up who are don't know each other don't hang out together don't do anything together and slowly over the semester they start to click right it's been really actually as much fun for me as I think it has been for them. Yeah. So pretty cool. So you can't walk down the hall and see the clicks of, oh, there's the jocks, there's the band kids, there's a. You can't pick out the esports kids, can you? No. Yeah. And honestly, you know, walking down the hall in the schools between classes, I get so many, you know, hey, oh, how, how you doing? We, yeah. What do we got? We got a game this week. We got this this week. What's tomorrow? What's today? And That's it's just awesome. it's been fun to keep up with everybody and try to. Yeah. you know, see who's, who's yeah. where it's taken all the, the pre, um, uh, uh, folks who, who judge people by wh- what group they belong to and what yep. they look like. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's very cool. Yeah. Anybody, and much needed in today's society. Anybody who walked into one of our games wouldn't be able to tell who came from what section of 
right. society or what section of the school or anything like that because yeah. they're just one team going, working together for the yep. goal, and that's it. That's very cool. Viking Esports. Yes. There you go. Awesome. Well, we sure do appreciate you being here today. We've learned some fascinating things about both our culinary program and, and any esports at Hoover. So we appreciate what you do every day with our kids. And, and both those programs are unique. And, and I'm sure neither one are boring. No. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, and it, that's that's very cool. And the things you get to do to be innovative in both of those programs are, are, are very cool. And I know our kids appreciate it. And uh, we do, too, as a district. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yep. And, uh, you know, we, we'll keep an eye on um, um, communications about mm-hmm. eSports and, and both programs about, um, you know, the uh, TriStar and other things, but also about eSports. So we'll keep an eye on social media and our media to, to share those items. And perfect. Thanks. And um, we thank our listeners for joining us today. And the podcast is a great way, to, as always, to share information about our district and about our programs and, and kids and our residents and families. And if you have questions or, po- or uh, about our podcast or want to suggest a topic for us to cover, please make sure to let us know uh, through an email at vikingspotlight at northcantonschools.org. And we also welcome your thoughts about esports or culinary program. And if you want to schedule a catering thing, just let us know and we'll, we'll make sure that uh, Mr. Ogilvie and the pro, the kids get involved and, and, and go. So, and, and I'm sure you, are you cooking at home for Thanksgiving? Uh, actually I'm off for Thanksgiving. I do Easter. My wife does Thanksgiving. So oh, good. we switch. Yeah. The chef needs <laughs> off a, a little bit of time, right? That's yeah. it. That's great. Well, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving and, and everybody out in Viking land, happy Thanksgiving. And we certainly have a gr- lot to be thankful for in our district and in our community. So thanks again. Go Vikings. Music